What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. This is Gary with Hoops and Cards. How are you? Hope you had a great weekend. NBA in full full swing. And I had a big weekend. I got a big brick from PSA of 20 cards that I have been waiting for. It's so funny. I look at the date and I sent them in. Um, actually, they were taken into PSA system on October 25th. 2020. Guess what day it is? <laughs> as I as I say these words, it has been one year, 365 days. But hey, if it's even possible to say this, it was worth the wait. So look forward to talking grading with you, some fast starts, conversation in the NBA, and some slow starts. Some players picked up right where they left off and some didn't. And I'd love to, to hear your thoughts and share some of mine when it comes to cards that it may still be buying season on, you know, the, the, the overall basketball market is starting to look up, but there's some places, there's some opportunities and there will always be right. There's always going to be some good deals. It's just a matter of timing and making good decisions. So guys, I'm pumped. Let's get after it. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Hoops and Cards. I'm Gary, your host. And here we are at the beginning of the NBA season. I'm so glad it's back. I'm glad it's been a week. I've been the guy that's that's been saying things like, hey, buying season's over. Uh, don't overreact to one game or two. All those things. And don't get too high over good performances or too low over bad performances. And... I just need you to know something. Number one, uh, the reason I'm saying that is I'm, I'm preaching to myself first. I need to guard my wallet, guard my PayPal account, and not buy every card of every player that has 30 points. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you got to be selective. You got to be real. And it's it's just fun to see games actually happening, players Plant fans in the stands. That's a big. That's a big change this year. I haven't gone to any games, but like a lot of you, I've been watching. And man, there are some players that that I think they're showing us a little bit more than just one good game or two good games. They're showing us and their teams, and really the card market that uh, they are worth relying on or trusting in, and. Uh, we're going to talk about some of those today. Not really a five buys episode because I, I really am holding back right now. I'm watching my, <laughs> I've, I've spent a lot on the cards that I wanted to get to this point. And, and so what I want to talk to you about today is players that I'm going, Hmm, this is more than just Cole Anthony had one great game and made a bunch of threes. And Wow, did Jalen Green impress yesterday with eight threes and 32 points, whatever, for Houston? Great. That's great. What I'm talking about isn't just a one-night breakout performance, but rather talking about 
performances that are building on last year's resume. Guys that are taking it to the next level, guys that are continuing to ball out, guys that are answering questions that we've had about them, frankly, a lot this off season. And there's some guys that you weren't even thinking about at all that maybe now you're like, should I buy a Harrison Barnes 2012 Prism rookie? Maybe. Should I buy a Miles Bridges Silver Hollow from 2018? Maybe. I'd say, ooh, that's that's one I'm looking at. There are guys like Tyler Hero, Julius Randle, CJ McCollum. I did say Harrison Barnes, didn't I? Zach Levine. Holy cow, Zach. Zach is looking like Michael Jordan with some of these numbers. Anybody can do this for a week, but is Zach building on an all-star campaign, an Olympic team uh, gold medal? Is he going to take this to uh, the Bulls' playoff run? Is he going to be averaging 30 a game for the season? All these things are within reach for Zach Levine. And we could talk really about guys' performances, and we will, and we should. And you guys know that. I I love following the NBA, but there's a lot of guys that maybe they'll have an awesome month of November, but will the card market notice? That's that's what we're interested in here. We're not we're not like trying to make up some fantasy basketball team, although we can learn some things from fantasy hoops. We're we're actually trying to time the market on some of these guys and say, you know, if if Tyler Hero just had a great night, but people have been buying up his value a lot in the last two weeks, then maybe maybe now isn't the best time to buy a, a backup from a maybe playoff team, you know? Um, just just a thought. There are other players that, that you're like, dude, in, in the midst of some adversity, Paul George is lifting his team. And C.J. McCollum is lifting his team. And Julius Randle and Nikola Jokic. And yes, Brandon Ingram. There are players. I mean, where did Harrison Barnes come from to have a week like this? And Miles Bridges. Ah, uh, there are guys that, that, are, that are having us stand up and take notice. And then I would say in the same way, there are guys that have me concerned. Not because they had one bad game. You know, a lot of guys just stunk up the joint first week. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Jaron Jackson Jr., Devin Booker, a lot of these Jason Tatum guys had bad opening nights. Just didn't shoot well. That's fine. Shea Gilgis Alexander, terrible first night. Now, yesterday had 28, sorry, 29 points, eight assists, eight boards. I mean, there are guys that, that they do rebound literally and figuratively. I am interested in, first of all, who do you have your eye on? The guys, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do a full disclosure thing here. I think Julius Randle is proving that he is the MVP of that team again and just continuing the role that they had for him. And there's no way he takes a step backwards at this age. Sorry. He's like 24, you know, maybe 25. I'm a big, big Julius Randle fan. And I like him. I would invest in him. Uh, I got to say similar things, although he hasn't hasn't done it for as long as Julius Randle has. I got to say the same thing about Miles Bridges. I think Miles is building on the kind of season he was having last year with uh, LaMelo, finding him for threes and dunks. And 
He's just a guy that looks like he's going to have a breakout year. I'm, I'm only saying Miles because I personally like him and have looked at his cards, looked at the, you know, not really looking at the base cards for rookies. Maybe I should on some of these. Like, CJ McCollum base cards are cheap. Jeremy Grant, these, some of these cards can still be had cheap. If you, if you like Miles Turner and what he's starting to do again, you know, a lot of the, the players from 2012 to 16 in their, uh, their prism rookie, those base cards, you might find some players that, uh, that are still severely undervalued. Even, even DeMantis Sabonis, who is off to a hot start, which you, you knew he would, right? Spencer Dinwiddie, you get the shout out, Spence. Dude, missed a whole year and comes comes back like he's. They're not missing Russell Westbrook. They do need some some more consistent scoring from their front court. Montrez went that first game without missing a shot. So like, there are guys that um, and Miles Bridges is for me. I have a couple Miles Bridges rookie cards and I'm keeping them. I took them off of eBay, sold one after his first game, and then I was smart enough not to sell. You know. <laughs> Maybe instead of buying season, this might be not selling season for you. Or it might be looking at bargain prices and trying to bundle uh, in deals that you make with guys. But what makes a card value go up? And how can you project what their value could be doing in a month from now? And the answer is, I don't always know. But there are some guys where... I have developed some lingering concerns, not about their ability to play basketball. What I'm about to tell you is let's, I mean, let's just compare Luka Doncic and Trey Young. Is Trey Young going to score close to 30 a game this year? If healthy, is he going to get nine, 10 assists a game? Is he going to be an all-star this year? Yes, 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 yes. Can we say all those same things about Luka? Probably, right? Even though he didn't start as hot. Luka Doncic is probably going to be good for 26, 27, 28 a game, triple-double type numbers once the Mavs get rolling. Uh, but are the Mavericks going to be a playoff contender or a playoff force in the West? I don't think so. I think that hurts Luka's value in the next six months. Now, can we say the Hawks? Are the Hawks a playoff contender? Yes. Are they loaded? Deep? Are they, they getting guys back that weren't even a part of their playoff run, like DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish? Yes, yes, and yes. You know what that does for Trey Young in my mind? It tells me his cards are, there's room to grow. And maybe if we did an MVP of the first week, like the all-too-soon MVP of the league, you would be hard-pressed, hard like, along with Zach Levine, you'd be hard-pressed not to get some votes for Ja Morant. Ja Morant. Ladies and gentlemen, you people that would want to vote for Steph Curry here, go look at the go look at the box scores, look at the games. Yeah, you had to watch what Ja was doing. He was just that, that's the thing. We have a lot of great guards in the league. But I would just say card-wise, are you going to invest hundreds or thousands of dollars in a Steph Curry rookie when you could have a Ja Silver, a Ja Hollow, a Ja Hollow? <laughs> uh, seriously. John Morant looks fantastic. And yes, I'm looking at buying some of his cards. 
Again, guys that are stepping it up a notch. You know, I, I did wonder about Jokic. Like, dude won the MVP award. Where does he have to go for the next six months? But either down or kind of kind of plateaued. Like, I don't know, for whatever reason, guys, we just haven't embraced the Joker in the card market. We haven't embraced Carl Towns either for a whole bunch of other reasons. And we're, we we really rode the excitement from... We really rode... We really rode the excitement from 2018, 19, and then the last year. All those rookies got so much buzz that their, their cards are just valued more. There's more demand for Luca, Trey... Ja, Zion, Anthony Edwards, and LaMelo Ball. They're just, they're just is. And it's, it's overshadowing, or how could I say this? It means guys like Julius Randle and Zach Levine, their cards just aren't as sought after, and therefore their prices are lower. Do I think that means they have room to grow? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to grow before the playoffs? I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. As usual, I can't help myself but notice the prospects, these younger guys that have had good first weeks. Some of them I've talked to you about, and you know the names well, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Jordan Poole, Darius Garland, although he was hurt, missed two games, still love him, of course, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain looked really good so far this season, DeAnthony Melton to go with my Memphis theme. And then there's other guys that uh, came out of nowhere. Chris Duarte. I don't even know if I'm saying the guy's name right. Chris Duarte. Hello. I mean, averaging 20 a game for the first three games with the Pacers. When he doesn't even have a card yet. That's pretty cool. Grant Williams started out nice for the Celtics. Who's your surprise? Who are your guys that you're like, wow, I didn't expect this player to just jump off the page but he is and he has and yeah maybe that sent you into a buying frenzy or at the very least you're just looking at sold items on eBay and you're saying alright I'm going to see how long Jarrett Allen keeps this kind of production and if I can get in on some of his cheaper rookies or alright Robert Williams the third is kind of a big deal you know, or there's guys that, that aren't a big deal anymore. Like, I don't think anybody's buying Marvin Bagley up right now. Terrence Mann, crickets. Haven't heard much from you this week, Terrence. T-Man. People have been talking more about Trey. There's, uh, there's some guys that I thought this season, even after their big rookie years or second years, you know, but nobody's looking at P.J. Washington and Brandon Clark and... Yeah. I mean, even even DeAndre, some of the, Rui Hachimura, some of the guys having good games. DeAndre Hunter is decent, but just the card value and the, the performance so far is just kind of blah. And it, it just, it has me looking more at guys, like I said, John Morant, Miles Bridges, Trey Young. Where are you going to put your dollars, your hard-earned cash, or even your best trade money? Is it going to be in guys that you bought impulsively the first week or that you said, you know what? This is just kind of the continuation of what Zach Levine's always been doing or what Carl Towns has always been doing or who Anthony Edwards just always is. 
I'm seeing in the first week here, here's what I'm saying. Some guys are affirming that they are taking a next step or affirming that they're, they've arrived and just more people will notice now in the card market. It, it takes a while for some of us, right? We're slow to learn. We've got our guys. I'm too busy looking at the calves to wonder about the Spurs and Keldon Johnson, but uh, I should be paying attention. You know, there's, there's a lot of great players. There are a lot of great players out there, man. And uh, some of them, this will be the week where you said, yeah, yeah. And, you know, if you wait a month to buy Miles Bridges, maybe, maybe it's too late. It's never too late. There'll always be cards on eBay. Sure. There'll always be buying opportunities next offseason. Sure. I'm saying right now, there's going to be a bump on some of these guys. And not that you have to, but if you're the short-term player. <laughs> With the first pick in the 2021 NBA draft, the Detroit Pistons select Cade Cunningham. <laughs> So I got my brick back, my stack of 20 cards graded from PSA, and they got here like the day after my shipment notification, so it happened pretty quickly. I was uh, excited, and I always want to pass on anything I've learned on to you guys, and it did, I told, I told one of you, it felt like Christmas, man. It felt like Christmas, ladies, to just get that box of cards that I hadn't really thought about in a year, hadn't been counting on got a bunch of rookies or good cards and sent them away to PSA back when you could do that for like 20 bucks a card. And it was the Value Ultra Modern series. So I, in this mix, I had uh, several that were football, several basketball. Actually, that's pretty much it. Uh, A few football and the rest basketball. And what I want to do is say, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm thrilled with the product. I wish we could still do it for that price, get the cards graded. I'll just I'll just list off what I got. From football, I got both of my Josh Allen Don Russ rookies, rated rookies from 2018, scored a gem mint 10. That was awesome because those are two cards I remember buying specifically. Uh, seeing them at a card show here in Canton. Uh, this has been a little over a year ago, basically seeing that they were not in the, the normal showcase. And I'm like, it's Josh Allen. And the guy's like, yeah, I'll give you both of them for 20 bucks. So I did that. They looked good enough to me. I don't know if I thought they would 10, but they both did. And those cards are routinely selling right now as a gem 10 for 250 to $350. And so I'm thrilled about that turnaround. I might hold on to one of them for a long time because again, it's Josh Allen, you know, uh, another football card I got was uh, Lamar Jackson, rated rookie of the same year. That was a PSA 9. So that's okay. Uh, another one was a Joe Burrow Mosaic rookie. That was a PSA 9. Okay. Those are not going up, by the way. Mosaic football, Mosaic basketball are cheap as anything. So it's like it wasn't even graded. But uh, the other one is the Justin Herbert rookie, Donruss rated rookie that I probably got as part of the complete set. And it was a gem 10 as well. I'm considering keeping that for a long-term investment because he's a great player. 
and uh, I'm surprised that it's worth $250 already at Gem 10. So those were the football cards. The basketball, let's just say I got a whole lot of nines. I got two cards that they didn't even grade. They said, this is not like, cause I told them if it's not a nine or a 10, I don't want it. So in hindsight, I wish I had not said that because if either of these were eights, I'd be fine with keeping them. That way one was the Kevin Porter Jr. Silver Prism rookie number 274. That was a bummer. And the other one was LeBron Donruss Optic 2018. So the first one with him in a Lakers uniform. Think it's a great card. Still looks fine to me. I don't know why they said that's not a nine, but whatever. Uh, They have tools, guys. They have processes. They're experts, and I'm not. So whenever you send your cards for grading, you can't really count on a certain grade number, okay? You can, I encourage you to have other people look at your cards to make sure they, you know, they might catch things that you didn't catch. But the rest of my cards were a lot of nines, and I do remember getting a 10 in the LeBron James base prism and the Kobe White, uh, what's it called? Kobe White rookie prism and then the Luka Doncic green prism. All those didn't really help the value very much, um, but it's nice to get some 10s. The rest guys were rookies that I had hoped would bring me a bit more value than they have. When I sent these in, The Donovan Mitchell 9, PSA 9 rookie, was worth twice as much as it is now. Same with Jaron Jackson, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. A lot of these, uh, Jason Tatum. I got a Jason Tatum optic that graded PSA 9. And and you guys, a lot of the PSA 9s, at least as of right now, because the card market went down. And with PSA 9s, especially base cards, it has stayed down. So I don't mind holding on to, in fact, I had to remind myself in the last three months of buying season that, uh, hey, if you're looking at that that Shea Gilgis-Alexander rookie or the Jarens, as you know, I frequently do look at those players, Donovan Mitchell for sure, that uh, I had to remind myself, wait a minute, I, I already have that card. I just haven't seen it in a year. <laughs> so it's nice to have those back and put them on the shelf where they belong. Uh, overall, I'm happy with I'm happy with this. I should tell you too that I went ahead and sold on the Discord channel. Went ahead and sold three of the cards to a guy that uh, saw one of my posts and really liked some of the cards. And I like that option usually when I can get it because I'm not paying eBay fees. I'm not paying, you know, PayPal or otherwise fees. It's just, it's just cleaner. But also I wound up selling the cards for less than I probably would have on eBay. And that's, you know, you got to negotiate that, but always remember the extra extra fees that you could be saving in the midst of that. So that's my PSA experience. And I think the other take home for me, you guys, is I've got, I've got at least 12 cards that I really like. One of them is that Miles Bridges Silver Prism Rookie that I would say, yeah, if I knew I could get this graded and turned around in just a few months, I would send those in for grading. Instead, they're sitting on a stack, just as a stack, and I'm going to do two things. Grading advice for you. Or at least here's what I'm doing. I'm going to let them stay in that stack until one of two things happen, or maybe both. Uh, Number one would be until the the PSA option for cheaper graded cards. You know, it doesn't cost so much to grade them. If that comes out, then I might be in to start grading again with them. The other thing that could happen is... You know, we're starting to see for different reasons, some people doing more 
the SGC route or the HGA route. Those are two smaller or just lesser known uh, or lesser used or less demanded. And often their cards less valuable for their graded cards than, than PSA. So I, I might wind up throwing a few of those to each of the other grading companies just to see how they do. And at the same time, I'm like, well, if I do that, I'm, I'm sacrificing 20 to 40% of the PSA graded value. And I'm like, ah, I'm going to wait a little bit. In fact, I'm also waiting to see what those players do. There's no harm in letting those cards sit there on my stand for a while or in my, in my display, you know, and waiting to see, you know, if I would send in that Nikhil Alexander Walker, or if I'd send in the Tyrese Maxey, or if I'd send in the James Harden that I might want to get graded, you know, it, it might not be a bad idea. The longer I wait, the card value does whatever it does, and I can make a more informed decision, you know, in January or February. So there, there was a rush to grade in the past when you could do it cheapy, cheapy, more cheaply. You can do it cheapy, cheapy at PSA. <laughs> you could do a better deal, uh, but now I don't feel the rush. Uh, some of these, in fact, I might just sell raw if I can get a buyer that uh, will pay what I think they're worth. So there's that. A couple of those that I am going to grade at some point are my LeBron Net Marvels card, probably the RJ Barrett Net Marvels card. I have a KPJ Orange Cracked Ice. This is where, guys, I'm looking at getting a few Julius Randle rookies or Zach Levine rookies and uh, just holding them till, you know, the best grading option opens up. Or maybe send like two of them to each grading, you know, service. Let's not get crazy. Yo, before we go to one of my favorite parts of the Hoops and Cards podcast, listener feedback, I want to invite you again and again and again to join Hoops Plus. It is a great way to get more basketball content throughout the week to support our podcast because, like I said, we've been doing this for seven months. It's a lot of fun. It's exciting to see it grow and more and more listeners. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But we'd love for you to take that next step during the NBA season here and join Hoops Plus. You would go to anchor.fm forward slash hoops and cards forward slash subscribe and uh, just jump in for the cost of less than a Crunchwrap Supreme. Well, I don't know. I like Taco Bell because there's a new one coming in. It's not that much. A little bit each month you get at least one new episode a week entered to win prizes. Uh, got a big announcement coming with those. And then, and then also the chance to uh, basically join the team and get into the community on the Discord and Facebook. So, hey, join Hoops Plus. And now let's get to hear some of our listeners on listener feedback. Listener feedback. Hey, Gary, this is David in Phoenix. I'm a longtime listener, first-time feedbacker, and I love the show. Actually, I like it so much when I go to my uh, podcast queue, I always get hopeful that there'll be a new episode waiting to uh, listen to. You cover so many different topics with such uh, depth of knowledge. It's really great to get a different point of view on the hobby. Uh, based on that, my son and I participate in the hobby uh, by opening a lot of packs. We have uh, family sports card unboxing. And so we wind up with all these ungraded singles. So we've talked about grading a little bit. 
And with PSA being $150 a slab now, we kind of were wondering, what does that do to the short-term already graded card prices? Would that be an opportunity maybe if you already have a PSA 10 slabbed card that it would see a bump because now it's $150 kind of just to get the slab? Um, I don't know if it's maybe a short-term flip opportunity to pick up maybe PSA 10s or even some desirable PSA 9s that are obviously already slabbed. And if you could get them for 40 or $50, knowing it's $150 to get one from PSA and it may not even come back as a 10. Um, just curious your thoughts on that. Thanks a lot. Keep up the great work and excited for the next show. David, first of all, great to hear uh, you. Thanks for sending in a question. Love that you guys are listening. And uh, yeah, just your encouragement means a lot. It's a lot of fun doing this podcast and getting questions like that. And, you know, I've I've wondered the same thing with PSA being the the most recognized and most wanted brand of the graded cards and their prices being high right now. Would that impact the value of current slabs? And the answer is sometimes, sometimes. And I'll give you a couple of for instances. For cards that have a low population count, and you can actually go on PSAs. This may be more than you wanted to know, but but for cards that there aren't very many of them graded, uh, the the price I actually did see, we did see a jump in the price of those already graded cards. So this would be low-numbered cards, older cards, exclusive cards, cards that are in high demand. But I would also tell you that uh, for cards that are not in high demand or cards that were overprinted and overgraded, those right now are the ones that are continually being graded and the populations are increasing in those. So like the base rookie of Zion Williamson or Luka Doncic or Ja Morant or Trey Young, we uh, those those years, those guys, there's so many of them still at PSA. Every time one gets sent back, it's adding one more to the pool. And to some, it's diluting the the prices of those cards, the, the base cards, really. At the same time, um, those prices being low right now for a variety of reasons make them a pretty decent buy. And you're absolutely right. If I can buy an already graded card, like there are some really good graded rookie cards from the last three years that you can get a PSA 9 or even a PSA 10 for less than $30 on eBay. And you can probably get them even cheaper in person. Uh, that's a steal. That's a steal. It's because some of these people that graded so many cards and they did it for, you know, they got a bulk price and they were in a group that got a discount. So they were able to grade cards for like less than $15 each or less than $10 each. Those people are now getting tons of cards back that they just need to sell and get rid of. So there are people dumping a lot of slabs online and <clears throat> and it shows. So so there's that. But at the same time, um, given that when I was grading with PSA and sending my cards in, I, I never got a deal less than $12 a card. And mostly it was $20 a card. So when I see a, a slab of a decent rookie like Jaron Jackson Jr. or, uh, I mean, recently Jordan Poole's were a good deal. Now they're not. Now he's he's uh, the secret's out. But what I'm saying is, yes. Um, I don't know if there's a lot. Uh, yes, there's good value. I don't know if there's a lot of short-term flipping these possibility, if that's what you're getting at. I, I don't necessarily see that. What 
what you're asking. Like, hey, we we buy cards that were graded, and and eventually people are going to assume grading means an $150 value into that card. Uh, that's not necessarily the case. Partially because everybody anticipates that PSA will eventually open up other price points at less than $100, less than $50. So eventually, and the, the cards that are already under $100 after graded, like I said, uh, those there are so many of those out there that it's kind of watered down the market. But I like your thinking. I like the way of looking at grading. There are still ways to make money off of grading cards. And uh, that would that would be a great discussion and a, and a podcast episode really about like, how do I decide? And we did one in the spring, but how do I decide which cards to grade now? Because it seems like <clears throat> every three to six months, the landscape of grading cards is going to change. And so we need to kind of adapt our strategies with that. I talk about that a little bit in this episode earlier with my um, PSA, you know, the pile that I'm holding on to, to maybe send in or maybe not. But um, I would, you know, one thing you might want to do is, like I said, look at some of those PSA graded cards, PSA nines or tens that, that right now are less than 20 bucks. And if it's a guy who's no longer in the NBA or, or if it's an NBA hoops card, like, <laughs> Like, I wouldn't even look twice at it. But if it's a decent rookie prism card, that, that even a base card of, say, Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, those kind of guys, if you can get their graded cards for less than 20, I think that's a good deal. Uh, I think R.J. Barrett could be had for really cheap right now. So, so I like what you're thinking, David. It's great to hear from you. Thanks for listening to the show. This question comes from Mark. In Germany, Mark, how are you, man? Um, you wrote maybe some tips and tricks on buying out of buying season. Would it be nice to only sell, only hold, and save money? I was thinking to get one to three bigger cards for Anthony Edwards, for example. Smart or not? For example, Red Prism Auto or Zebra Quartzide. Uh, Mark, first of all, thanks for the question. Thanks for listening. All the way from Germany. Uh, you're onto something just to be careful right now and to do a little bit of research on what cards are selling for before you buy. And you're thinking absolutely right on with a guy like Anthony Edwards, who is, to most people, he's just the other other rookie along with uh, LaMelo, but he's going to be a superstar this year. He is going to be one of the most exciting players in the NBA and He's just awesome. And I, I would say, hey, if you're planning to hold those cards for a long time, then yes, I think it's still okay to buy great Anthony Edwards cards as long as you're, you know, doing your research. Uh, as far as holding and saving money, I, you know, I, I like the idea of having a general game plan for a card before I buy it. So is this a buy and flip? Is this a buy and hold long term? Is this a buy for the PC? And you probably have heard me say it's great when they can hit all three. If it's a player and a card that you're like, well, <clears throat> if this card triples in three months, I'd have to sell it. But if it doesn't and I'm holding on to it five years from now, I'm, I'm actually going to be okay with that. Like there are cards that, that check all of those boxes. So that's, that's a great question. Mark, I think that idea of getting bigger cards for Anthony Edwards, great, great move. So thanks for your question. Thanks for listening. This last question comes from two of our listeners 
in different parts of the United States, both of you asked about a specific card and said, how do I, how do I find out the value of this card when there aren't, uh, aren't a whole lot of comps? Uh, your, your best bet, if you don't see them in eBay, comps would be to check out, I would check two other places, 130point.com, because sometimes the comp can be figured from not just auctions that were completed on eBay, but actual offers that were accepted by sellers. And those actual numbers aren't given to you by eBay uh, sold listings, but you can find them on 130point.com. 130point.com. I also like checking Slab Stocks Pro and looking at the graphs for different cards. That'll show you kind of some historic value. Same thing with Star Stock. They have that. But uh, you're right. Some cards are harder to price out, harder to, to seek the value of. And so it would be good to, with each specific card, have a go-to dealer in town or a go-to friend that uh, you could bounce this off of and say, hey, how would you figure out a price for that? Because sometimes it's, okay, look at the sales of a similar card from that same set and same year. Or look at a similar card that was that got that grade and uh, check the eBay comps. If it's a card that's a one-of-one, one, meaning it's the only card like that in the world, then those are very, very hard to price out. And yet you can still look at comparable sold listings for one-of-one one cards. But if it's something that you're looking to sell, I would be... I would take your time in assessing the value and ask the the input of others. It, it's certainly fine to ask us here at Hoops and Cards. Uh, Dave, at guess the grade. There's there's a whole bunch of people in the hobby that I think are great at at uh, helping us out as buyers and sellers. So thank you for that question, you guys. And uh, yeah, listeners, keep them coming. Just direct message me on at Hoops and Cards Instagram or you know Hoops and Cards Podcast at Gmail dot com. Gotta hurry. He'll step back three. Oh! What a big bucket! Donovan Mitchell went all the way down the baseline, parked himself in the corner, and all of a sudden it's a four-point game. Everybody, that is a wrap for today's Monday episode, the the weekend wrap up, and and I hope you're getting the picture here of. You know, don't freak out over one performance or one game like tonight. Even already, as we're as we're recording this, Miles Plumley or is it Mason Plumley? I don't know. He's got nine points. He hasn't missed a shot, and his team is leading the Celtics. It's Mason Plumley. See, I don't even know what Plumley it is. But as I'm looking at that box score, I'm watching the guys that have already shown some flashes over the first week and and more, and also from last season. So be on the lookout for Julius Randles and and Tyler Heroes and Miles Bridges. Who's your guy? I'd love to hear who you're watching. And maybe you're, you're like, ha ha, he didn't say Kelly Oubre Jr. Or he didn't say whoever you think I didn't say, Scotty Barnes. Been some players showing us what they can do. And uh, that's the fun of this early part of the season. So, friends, we, we got some busy... Uh, Priorities coming up in the card market with Mosaic coming out, Hobby Mosaic next week, and card shows on the horizon. What's working in your community? Are you doing card shows, eBay, whatnot? That's an app. Are you doing all those things? How are you getting and selling your cards? Or are you sitting and watching and enjoying the NBA? I'm Gary, your host. This has been another 
just fun episode with you. Thanks to our listeners for your feedback and questions. And don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, smash that follow button, whatever, you know. Um, We appreciate it, and it just helps get the word out about Hoops and Cards. Have an awesome week. See you soon. Jalen Noel finds Anthony Edwards. And sidesteps for three, and that was very James Harden-esque. Come out to the coast. We'll get together, have a few laughs.